Many podcasters stick with the normal podcasting practices, but you, you're different. You like to be different and try different things. You do it like this, and then you break the mold. This is Podcasting Experiments, and this is where we focus on different things that we can try with our podcast to make them different and hopefully better. You can check out the website at podcastingexperiments.com. My name is Joshua Rivers from Podcast Guy Media, where I help people start and produce their podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be continuing our series as we talk about how to be able to utilize podcasting as a marketing tool for your business. And last week, we talked to Dave Jackson from the School of Podcasting, who just published a book called Profit from Your Podcast. And I really, really enjoyed being able to talk to him. He is one of the podcasters that helped me as I got started in the area of podcasting. And I joined the School of Podcasting early on. And so I've been uh, working with him um, well, mostly early on and using his resources and things like that. But anyway, really good episode. If you missed that, go back and listen to that episode with Dave Jackson. And I am excited about the episode today. I get to talk to Tammy Guler Loeb, who is actually one of my clients. And I really enjoy being able to work with her and in her podcast and things like that. And so I've been working with her for I think it's about a year and a half coming up on two years and she is approaching episode number 100. And so we're going to look at what she is doing to be able to grow her business through her podcast. And so we're going to be able to dive into several different things that she's uh, doing for her own podcast to be able to take care of that. And so she's a career coach. And so she works on people on being able to transition from one career to another. And I work with a couple of career coaches. And so it's uh, interesting to be able to see the different takes that they have. And so as we jump into the conversation here, we're going to get into her talking about her podcast, Work From The Inside Out. It's a weekly podcast. And every week I interview an individual who has gone through a variety of career transitions or work transitions, because it's not like people have changed careers a million times, although some of the people I interview have changed careers a few times. But the point of the conversations that I have with people is to learn about the ways they made decisions about the transitions they made, how they went about doing that, and what kinds of pivots did they make as they went along? Were there particular events that occurred in their lives that might have precipitated those decisions? So it, it's every story is a little different, but I think the point of the podcast is to show the audience that careers really aren't formed in a straight line. Most people start in one place and end up in another. I think there's some statistic out there that says that most people have at least two careers in their lifetime. And I think in this day and age, it's true that people have more than that. So my thought about the podcast or my motivation as a, as a career and executive coach was to try to create a platform for people to 
learn and understand that there are lots of regular people out there who make changes in their lives so that they can find a more fulfilling and meaningful, satisfying path in their work life. And because I think there's a, a lot of people, and I don't just think this, there's research that shows this, that there are a lot of people out there who go to work every day and they feel either unfulfilled or disengaged by the work they're doing or by the workplace they're in. And it seems to me that it's a very sad state of affairs, that if the better part of our adult lives are spent at work and we're not really feeling engaged by that, I want to try to do something about that or help people to see that there might be another way. And by having these interviews with people, those are real-life examples of people who've actually made some of those changes and have found another way. So that's the premise behind the podcast. There's one thing that, that I really want to point out as, as we're going through this. I've worked personally with a couple career coaches that have podcasts, and each of your podcasts is different. Mm-hmm. You're speaking to a different aspect of careers, whether oh. it's career changes or or just advancing in your career or or what there's a lot of different things. And so if you were to go into Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast player you want to, and you look yeah. at the categories, you go down and you find the career section in there, you're going to see a wide variety of bunches of, of different things. Yeah. And it could be daunting if you're just thinking about getting started. You look at that, you're like, oh, look at this. There's already 20, 40, 50, 100 different podcasts about careers. How yeah. can I make a difference? Right. But, right. but there's so many angles and so many ways that you can be able to go about it. Right. And that's what you're doing. You're looking at, and not necessarily this part over here, like the tactical pieces necessarily right. like your title is or your podcast name work from the inside out it's all the mental internal pieces that, that lead into it yeah. there's an importance in that and that can apply for anybody especially if someone is going to try to have like a business podcast i mean the business section in in the right. podcast categories is insane right right and, right but there's different angles you can look at it and so i think that's really important that people that are listening to this would be able to get the fact that even though it might seem like their niche is saturated, yeah. there is room yes. um, and opportunity to be able to bring your voice and your perspective. Yes. I think that's a really, really good point, Josh. Yes, it's true. And even in the category careers, my category is under business, but there's lots of room for having a segment of that category. And I think part of it, you do want to have kind of a, a good title to your podcast that catches people's attention. You want to have a good visual for your logo or your, your visual look for your podcast so that it will catch people's attention. And then there's, of course, a whole lot of other things you need to do to, 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 to attract people. But there really is a lot of room for all kinds of different discussions in this topic because it is such a huge part of our lives. And yet, it's an interesting thing. I'll tell you about a quick thing about a friend of mine who she and I started our podcasts on the same day. Her podcast is a very narrow niche. Her podcast is 
targeted towards widowed parents. She herself is a widowed parent. And she is, so she's talking to widowed parents. And her mailing list was half the size of mine. And so there is something about how do you think about a niche or how do you think about who your audience is and what your message is. We're talking about a big, broad area of careers. And I'm using her as an example because she and I have been walking sort of a parallel path, even though our podcasts are dramatically different. But just on the topic of niche and how narrow do you get, it can look like a lot of different things. And it's not that there's a right or wrong, but over the last year and a half that she and I have both been doing this, it's been almost almost two years now, the number of her downloads is actually higher than mine, even though her list is smaller than mine. And so I'm not saying, oh, she's doing better than I am. It's just different. And she's got a very specific audience that she's captured. And she's networked with very specific kinds of groups of people who are very concerned with particular topics that she's talking about, whereas my audience is more broad-based. It's Again, it's not about, oh, this person's doing better than that one, and it means something. It's just you, but it's a great, it's been great to learn and watch how her podcast has been doing and how mine has been doing to just get a sense of what happens when you're really narrowed down versus in a broader-based topic area. But I think also part of that is due to the fact that you have to think about how do you get the word out about the podcast, what's your reach. In my case, I also am running a full coaching practice. In her case, her podcast is her primary job right now. So in terms of how much time do you devote to a podcast, how much energy are you putting into it? For example, in my case, I have people who help me produce the podcast. You are one of those people. And without your help, I couldn't do some of the other things that I get to do. So I'm able to put out a really quality sounding, well-produced podcast because I have your help on that. And so I think that's another thing to think about when it comes to being a podcast host or being a podcaster is to think about what are the resources that you need to make sure that you can put out a really quality broadcast out there and to not try to rush through the details because if you do it well, you're going to feel a whole lot better about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really appreciate a lot of the points that you brought in there and because there is a lot that goes into podcasting and a lot of times someone that that's just coming into the podcast and they're thinking about starting a podcast there's basically two categories that I see people in and in, in one or the other. There, there's mm-hmm. a group of people to where, as you're describing it, 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 it's almost like, it seems so simple. It's like, I can just do this, buy a microphone and here we go. Yeah. But there's definitely a lot more to that. And then there's yeah. other people, they look at it and they're like a deer in headlights because it's right. like, oh, there's so much yeah. stuff here. And, yeah. and it's getting help. For both of those sides, the, the, the one that looks in the, in the headlights, probably a little easier to convince, okay, you need some help. Right. But the other one needs help as well because right. there's a lot more than what they realize. Right, right. And what happens is there's a lot of people that they start and they only get a couple episodes in. They realize what actually goes into it and 
then they stop. Yeah. Yeah. That's unfortunate. On the other hand, I knew that going in that there was a preponderance of people out there who only get into it 12 episodes or so and they stop. And I decided that was not going to be me. But I was a little bit of a deer in the headlights person. And I got some great advice from other more seasoned podcasters. There's a ton of people out there like us who are more than willing to offer advice and talk to you about what their experience has been. I don't think that you have to necessarily pay for all the advice you're going to get. I think you might want to pay for good help, good technical assistance, like I've gotten from you. But at the same time, there's a lot of good information out there that can help you fill in the blanks so that you can go into this with some good baseline information. One of the things that I got some very good advice about early on was don't be a deer in the headlights, but don't oversimplify it either. But go into it and get started, like get started with something and know that over time you're going to get better at it. So it's not about having to know everything up front in order to get into it, but have a few of the basics in place. And there's, there's enough people out there doing this now that it's, it's fairly, I think, easy to at least get some of that foundational information in place before you, you dive in. In terms of like from an equipment point of view, it isn't that complicated. It's more a matter of just kind of making sure that you're clear about what you want your show to be about and having a few basic things in place so that you can get started in a way where you're feeling like you're on solid footing as you go forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it got me thinking here. So we've been working together. I can't remember when, but it's been over a year. Oh, definitely at this over point. a year. I think we started working together. You're on episode like 30 something, somewhere around there. And I'm at episode um, 90 and now. We're approaching 100. So congratulations on that. So, so those first 30 episodes, what help did you get prior to coming to me? What, what did that early time look like? Yeah, I actually have a nephew who is very skilled in this area. He has a background in both audio and video production. And so he got me he got me started and he was helping me out. And after a while he somehow politely found a way to say, I don't really want to do this anymore for you. <laughs> he has a full-time job and he was great about jumping in and, and helping me with it. And and I was I was paying him, but but he he really just wanted to not have an additional job and, yeah, and he wanted and then he wanted to do it in a way to where he could still go to family events exactly and not feel <laughs> exactly our our colleague um, robbie samuels had already been working with you and I, I pretty much had been modeling a lot of my approach to podcasting after what robbie was doing so it, it was really literally a no-brainer to just follow in robbie's footsteps and and work with you because I think his podcast is top notch. And if Robbie's happy with you, then I'm happy with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, it, it's been great working with, with Robbie too. And yeah. so he's been uh, one of my longest standing clients that I've been working yeah. with. Yeah. And it's been great. I remember when I first had conversations with him, I was, our first conversation was at a library or I was at a library. He was wherever he was uh -huh. at his house or whatever. But yeah. I was at a library. My kids were there. <laughs> and they were trying to stay busy while I was trying to have a conversation and do that. And so it was, 
<laughs> anyway, so, so I vividly remember that. And so it's been great working with him and, and the progress that he's made as yeah. well. He's, yeah. I can't remember where he's at. He's over 200 or somewhere around there. I think he is. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So definitely. So let's come back to maybe some more of the things that you're doing with your podcast to be able to promote yeah. it. Because you mentioned that before and you're, you're talking, comparing yourself with your friend and the yeah. fact that her podcast is like her main focus right now. Whereas for you, it is just part of your business and part right. of your, your outreach. So yeah. what does your outreach look like? How does your promotion look like? Because obviously that makes a big difference in the numbers that you can see and things like yeah. that. Yeah. There's a few things. So social media, of course, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. And I get help with that too. So every time an episode goes up, there's artwork, of course, and on my website and show notes that I write. I also send out a weekly email. And one thing that's been a, a beautiful side benefit to this is every week when I put my episode up, I've been writing a, a letter to my list that talks about the story of my guest. And over time, I've been getting some feedback from, from people who receive these weekly emails from me telling me, I really like your, some people have said, I like your show notes. And I'm thinking, gee, that for a while, those weren't my show notes. That was just my weekly email. I had somebody else doing my show notes. Or other people just said, I like your writing. I love the way you tell the story. You're a great storyteller. So I realized, oh, I'm a writer. I didn't think of myself that way. <laughs> so I have this weekly email that goes out and it tells the story in snippets about my guest that week. So that goes out every week to, to my mailing list. And then, but what I've decided to do with that is... I'm now doing my own show notes because the email really does cover it all. But what I've also decided to do is write a book because the book is really capturing the themes and the through threads from the podcast. And I'm now using the stories of my guests to illustrate the themes and the, the lessons learned that have come through all the different guests and all the different stories that have come through the podcast and through my coaching practice too. So now I will have a book which will also shine a light on the podcast, which will also shine a light on my work. And I should also back up a little bit and say that I started the podcast because I wanted to create a way in which my business could be less transactional, and that I could reach more people. I wanted to go from one to many. So that was really the impetus behind the podcast, was to really have a way of reaching more people. I've been doing this for 20 years, and I thought, I, I must be able to tell more people about what I think are some good practices around work life, careers, finding, finding happiness at work. That's really where that came from. And then over time, I've been fairly active on LinkedIn and Facebook. And then once the podcast got up and running and I started to get more help with the social media side of things, I started posting on Twitter and Instagram as well. So every episode gets posted and listed multiple times on each of those um, social media outlets. And then, and then my weekly email goes out. 
And what's funny is that some people, they get my weekly email and they, they'll tell me this. I don't know why they tell me this, but they do. They say, I don't really listen to your podcast, but I love getting your weekly email. I read your weekly email. I'm thinking, why, why are you telling me you don't listen? <laughs> but okay, so you're reading my email. But it did, it did really compel me to then think about writing this book. They really do go hand in hand now. And it's been a very interesting journey being a podcast host. There's this whole idea of how do I get the word out? And I'll tell you the other thing that's been really interesting. I probably, I was into this probably 40, maybe even 50 episodes. And I changed a few of the words under my name in my LinkedIn profile. I added podcast host. I hadn't done that. I still had career and executive coach, speaker, facilitator, contributor to HBR Ascend, right? all these other things that I do. And then I thought, wait a minute, I'm, I'm a podcast host. I started to take ownership of that. I put that under my name in LinkedIn. And that's a very, that whole area right under your name in LinkedIn is very keyword sensitive. All of a sudden, I'm a very popular person. I get, I get a lot more LinkedIn invitations to connect with people. And I get a lot of emails now from either people directly or from people representing people who want to be guests on the podcast. So people ask me all the time, for example, how do you get your guests? And I'm thinking, I don't really get them. They get me. I mean, I do find people that I'm interested in and I, I do invite people, but I will tell you that my inbox is overflowing with requests and I've had to develop some systems and, and methods and mm -hmm. ways of fielding all those requests because there's a lot of people out there, the minute they find out you're a podcast host, they want to be your best friend. And it can be almost a little overwhelming in a way. So mm -hmm. it's, that's been an interesting part of the experience I had, I did not anticipate. But the other thing about that is you, I've been meeting all these people I never knew before. And so I've developed all these amazing relationships with my guests, not just mm -hmm. for the podcast, but beyond that. So I think that's another thing to think about when you start something like this, if it's a part of your business, to think about what those relationships can mean, that it's not just about interviewing somebody or bringing somebody on for a one-time conversation, but where those relationships might go beyond that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious. I have a couple questions, but I want to ask this one first. So you mentioned that you had to set up a system for being able to filter through or whatever with the, with all the incoming requests. So can you go into a little bit more as far as like what that actually looks like? So what are you yeah. looking for or, or whatever, when someone is saying, Hey, I want to be on your podcast. I'd be a great guest, blah, blah, blah. Right. What are you looking for for yours? Let me tell you what the requests often look like. So it's usually somebody who is an agent or a representative of an individual who is trying to promote themselves. And I look for a few things. So it's often a kind of pre-written boilerplate rundown of who this, per, you know, 
my name is so-and-so and I'm representing this person and here's why they'd be a great guest on your podcast. And then they give me kind of a laundry list of all the topics that, that their person talks about. And so it's clear to me immediately that they really know nothing about my podcast or they know very little about it. And they're telling me what a great fit this person would be as a guest on my podcast when I know they've never listened to my podcast and they really don't know what it's about. So I don't take offense to that. I do read the emails and I, first things first, if it looks like it might be a fit, I have created some canned responses in Gmail. So that's something you can go into your settings and you can create these pre-written canned responses. So I have a couple of different canned responses that I've crafted. One of them is pretty much saying, I'm not even taking new guests until the new year. And so those are, those are people who, if they're really serious, they'll come back in a few months. And I'm just, that's just my way of saying, I just don't feel like entertaining even thinking about you right now, but maybe we can talk next year. Then there are those people who just are completely inappropriate, and I actually don't even answer those emails. It's not in my nature not to answer people, but there's a point where if it feels like they really haven't paid attention at all and they just see I have a podcast and they just hit send, I don't feel an obligation to answer them. But I would say that most of the ones that I get are people who I do find interesting and I would like to maybe interview, but I'm already now we're having this conversation in September. I've got enough episodes recorded now that I'm already backed up to mid-December. I'm not inclined to take a lot of new interviews on right now because I've got plenty in the queue. So I have a, a new email I just started sending out to people that basically, it's a canned response that basically says something along the lines of that that I, that I support my own podcast, that I don't have sponsors. And so it's important for me that my guests understand they have to be as invested in this as I am. It's my way of saying I spend money on this. So you can't just assume you're coming to be a guest in my house without at least bringing a bottle of wine or something <laughs> or an hors d'oeuvre or something. Mm -hmm. Nice comparison. So there's a few things I'm going to ask of you. I'm going to ask you to listen to one or two episodes. I'm going to ask you to then go to Apple Podcasts and give me a rating and write a review. I'm going to then ask you to come back to me and send me a pitch that directly tells me how you will be a guest on my podcast. What, what is it in your story that relates to my podcast. And I, it's very politely written and it's written in a way that says, look, I have skin in the game. You need to put skin in the game because I make an investment every week in this podcast. I need you to make an equal investment. And I thought a lot of people might be even put off by that. I have been pleasantly surprised by how many people have taken the steps to do exactly what I've asked and have responded and in a way where they've really articulated how they would be a guest on my podcast in a completely targeted and appropriate way. And so it's, it's been wonderful to see that kind of response and it makes me definitely want to have them as a guest. 
And I'm sort of sorry I didn't do that sooner because I will tell you that there are a few people I've had as guests who they were fine, but they weren't stellar. And I would have been happy maybe not to have some of them as a guest just because I said yes a little too quickly. I should have maybe vetted them out a little bit more. And I I don't mean to sound snobby or anything. It's just that I make a significant investment, both in terms of my time and my finances in this. And so I think people who ask to be on podcasts don't necessarily realize that they they are asking to be a guest. They need to understand that I'm giving them essentially free advertising. So they need to do their part. So that's, mm-hmm. that's essentially yeah. how I'm handling that now. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And so another thing that that does is that helps be able to keep the, the bar of the quality of the content yes. higher too. Yeah. Because, because you're, you're, you're vetting the people. So, you're, so the people that are just trying to scrape by, they're not going to do the work. They're not going to make it on the podcast. But the people that go through and do the work not only are they like putting them the effort into it, but it's causing them to think through the content more. Right. So that when they come to the interview, they can be able to be that much more prepared. Right. The other thing I also do is other podcasters don't do this, but I do it and it takes more time, but I I find there's value in it. I do a pre-interview with each guest. So I schedule about a half hour with them and rarely I skip it over, but most of the time I do it. And it gives us a chance to develop a little bit of rapport and kind of lay the groundwork of the key points we're going to touch on in the interview. Mm-hmm. And that way, I take a bunch of notes during that, that time. And then when we get into the interview, I already have some good contextual pieces to draw from. And it really makes for a smoother interview. And it also mm-hmm. makes for a nice relationship and rapport that, that shows up during the interview and sometimes well beyond the interview. And I've, I really have developed some really nice relationships with people as a result of that. And I've been pleasantly surprised how many people really don't mind giving me that much time. Occasionally, there'll be people who I either know really well already, so I don't feel like they have to do the pre-interview or people I know who are extremely well-known and, and super, super busy people who have done a million interviews and I'm really lucky to get them. So I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I ask them for very little. Yeah. Very good. Very good. I really appreciate all these things that you shared about your personal experience and things like that. I know there's definitely things that people can learn from yeah. as they're getting started or or maybe they're, they're looking at their podcast and like, I should probably do a little bit more. And yeah. I think this will give them some really good things to be able to take action on. And so yeah. why don't you go ahead and is there anything else that you wanted to mention about your podcast process or, or anything like that that you think would be helpful? I'm trying to think. The only other thing I think that's, that's really helpful or important is what I do is in the show notes, I make sure that there are lots of links and resources that are available to people. And I also make sure that those are even in the weekly email. So for example, if my guest has written a book, I'll include the link, I'll embed the link to their book in my weekly email. But what I also do is I'm an Amazon affiliate. So I will put my affiliate link to their book in my, in my letter or in my show notes. So what that's enabled me to do is to make 
a tiny, tiny bit of residual income, passive income, by being an Amazon affiliate. So it's, it's not a lot, and it takes time to build things like that up. But there's just little things that you can do that don't really require a lot of extra effort. And it really has not that much to do with podcasting as much as if you're going to be doing these things anyway, you might as well add a little value to it in the interim. But also mm -hmm. it's about offering resources to people, really pointing people in those directions. So I, I try to do that as much as possible just to make things easy for people to have those resources accessible to them. Because honestly, the Amazon affiliate piece is a drop in the bucket. But but really trying to make those resources available to people and to really shine a bright light on my guests. I really try to give them give them their due because it's exciting. It's exciting to talk to all these different people. And I think if I was to add one more thing, that would be make sure you're having fun. If you're not having fun, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if it, if it becomes a chore, you're going to do like what my kids do and you're going to do the bare minimum and it's not going to turn out well. You're going to try to get away with not doing it if you can. And right. And then you don't learn anything in the process. I think that's the other beautiful thing about this is once you have kind of the basic routines down, then you get to just learn. You learn from your guests. You learn from, you learn about yourself too, it, depending on the nature or the format of your show. There's just so many places where you can continue to learn and grow. And it's, it's such a, I think it's exciting. I never dreamed I'd be doing this. So it's, I love it. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for spending the time. Why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can be able to find out more about you. Maybe they want to ask you about your podcast process more or sure. maybe they want your services. Well, I'm, I'm always happy to answer more questions and be in touch with people. The easiest way to find me is through my website. My name is a mouthful. It's Tammy Guler Loeb, T-A-M-M-Y-G-O-O-L-E-R-L-O-E-B.com. TammyGulerLoeb.com. Even if you start typing Tammy Goo, you'll probably find me. <laughs> and it's workfromtheinsideout.com, but that's going to basically take you to my website as well. Okay. We'll make sure to have links in the show notes to make that easy as well. <laughs> Thank you so much. And my book will be out hopefully in the um, early, win late winter, early spring 2021. So that will also be available to people. Well, excellent. Thank you very much again. We appreciate the time. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcasting Experiments. If you found this episode helpful, share it with someone you think would also benefit. Together, let's help raise the bar for podcasting. Check out the website at podcastingexperiments.com. Do you want to take your podcast to the next level? but just don't have the time to make it happen? Is your time stretched to the max, struggling just to get your next podcast episode out? Do you need help just getting started? Podcast Guy Media can offer the solution to both recover your time and improve your podcast. Go to podcastguymedia.com and find out how.